The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. It's a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app on the huge show across Michigan. And the NFL's second week comes to a close tonight with two Monday night football games, Tennessee and Buffalo and Minnesota and the Eagles. And the DraftKings Sportsbook app, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, they are giving new customers a huge deal tonight. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use promo code HUGE when you sign up. Then you can bet just $5 on any of the four teams tonight, and you'll get $200 in free bets instantly, whether they win or lose. That's code HUGE when you sign up after downloading the DraftKings Sportsbook app. It is a Moneyline Monday, presented by DraftKings on the Michigan Sports Network. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan? It's time for the Huge Show. From the east side to the west side to the UP, the Huge Show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network. Voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE. That's 1-866-838-4843. Now, let's go to the Auto Value Bumper to Bumper Parts Studio with the huge one, Bill Simonson. What's up, Michigan? It is our number two on a Moneyline Monday presented by the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer inside this hour. Uh, we'll hear from Dan Campbell on the win over Washington yesterday. Chris Ballas and Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com will join us. And also Graham Couch on that Spartan debacle out in Seattle and how will Michigan State respond. Remember, you can join in when 866-838-4843. That's when 866-838-HUGE. Had a HUGE show on Twitter, the HUGE show on Facebook, and opt in on that HUGE text chain. Text the word HUGE to 21000. Earlier this afternoon, down in Detroit, Lions head coach Dan Campbell, a happy man, talked about win one yesterday. I just, you know, after watching the tape, uh, you know, felt like defense really set the tone. Uh, I mean, you go three and out, three and out, safety, three and out, three and out, force punt, force punt. That's in the first half. So that gets you off to a pretty good start. And then offensively, uh, we were able to capitalize on points, you know, early in that game. And uh, it's a little bit like what happened to us against Philly a week ago. So, you know, we, we got a good lead and we were able to hold on to it. And, uh you know, offensively, you, you rush for 191 yards for an eight average. Uh, it's pretty good. And uh, those guys up front did a good job. The backs did a good job. Golf got us into the right place, uh, you know. And, uh, and we had eight, eight explosives, so uh, run and pass. So that's pretty good. Special teams, our average uh, start uh, position on the field was a 35 versus theirs was a 23. So... Um, hidden yardage, and then uh, net punt, 48-8 to their 42-7. So, I mean, really all three phases did their job. Things we got to clean up. Second half, communication, man, and and, uh, we just, in the back end, we got to clean some things up defensively. Uh, And then offensively, third down and fourth down, uh, we didn't do a good job. You know, we didn't convert when we needed to. Uh, We got to be better there. 
you know, and then special teams, you know, we were doing some good things, but there's a couple of those returns that popped out on us. But all in all, it was a good win for our guys. That line, one of the veterans. What was his role in help setting the tone for the defense? Yeah, look, I, I thought I thought Charles did some really good things, but to me, the uh, the safety really, the sack fumble. I, I felt like that that sequence. I felt like was the difference in the game. You know, when you look back uh, and you and uh, there's so many plays that that make a difference that you think or. But when you go back and really watch it, that it started with that, the sack fumble for the safety, um, and then Leafs 52-yard return, uh, and then we capitalize on a touchdown. That's a nine-point swing. We won by nine. So uh, that little sequence there, I, I felt like was was the difference in the game. So, and Charles started that. How valuable is it to have a running back and, and a wide receiver both of the go-to guys and big play guys for you? Yeah, so anytime you're halfback, uh, let me start there. Your running back is a guy who can do both, is an explosive athlete that can hurt you in the run and in the pass game. Um, that's, that's trouble for a defense, and it gives you a lot of flexibility offensively. And then on top of that, Saints got the ability to play a little bit of that in the backfield. Uh, which we haven't even really tapped into just yet. So there's a number of things we'll be able to do, but those two guys are pretty dynamic players for us. Uh, and then when you uh, when uh, when you got those guys and you got you know Reynolds and Shark on the perimeter and Hawk uh, in the middle, you know golf's got some some weapons to go to. So. You mentioned the running success. I think you guys are averaging seven and a half yards a carry for the season or something like that. Um, and a big part of that is the receivers blocking. So as you're in your, your history, you know, as a player, um, do you remember how, how often did you come across players, receivers who were too pretty to block, I guess, you know, who didn't want to do that? And what did that do to a team versus the willingness that these guys have now and what that means to the running yeah. It, it is all the difference in the world. I remember for there was about a three or four year period there where I used to do explosive runs. I'd do a study at the end of the year, and it was always two things: the running back and receivers blocking downfield. Those were the two things that were the common denominator um, in having those explosive runs. And uh, and so um, I've been on both. I've, I've been around guys that are uh, that pretty good receivers, but man, they they. Uh, they get after it in the run game, and it changes the attitude of your team. It just does. Because those offensive linemen, man, they appreciate that. And uh, the defense appreciates it. You know, there's a toughness to it. So, um, and we got it here. And, I, and, and look, I think our coaches have done a great job. It's an emphasis for us. And uh, they take ownership in it. They, they uh, you know, it's kind of, it's a, it's a rite of passage here. And, but also I, I credit Saint and Leaf to that too, man. I, I think they set the tone in that room with that. And it's expected all those guys and they've all bought in. I mean, Josh Reynolds is blocking guys, Sharks blocking guys. I mean, they're all doing it. So um, it's a good room. Do you, do, you, do you seek it out in guys, or can it be taught? You know, I mean, obviously, you're, you're, do you stress it, Antoine? Yeah, no, I, I think I think it can be taught, but I, I think also it's like uh, to an extent, you know, um, we got the right guys. If that makes sense. To get a win in week two, sorry, to get a win in week two, we get to see a little bit of the video of you guys inside the locker room celebrating. It seemed a little different than last year, almost like a relief last year to get the win when you guys finally did. What does it do to get a win in week two and to show, like you said, this is one, now let's keep building? Well, I just think, you know, you 
listen, we've got the guys that are they're they're going to they're going to go to work, and no matter what happens, uh, they're going to put in the work. They're going to try to get better. Uh, they're going to compete. So. That's never going to be the issue, but to be able to get our win, man, early in the season, week two, it just you get early validation as to what we're doing, and and we're doing that without with really out all our bullets. You know, we got some guys out, and and it just everything that we've talked about. Next man up, do your job, help us win, uh, and we did that with with uh, the guys that were available yesterday. You know, the forty eight man roster for game day. So um, I think it's big, but it's it's just. I think it's it's validation that we're headed the right direction. These guys believe, and uh, they're doing what we're asking them to do, and it's and it's you know it's paying off. You noted uh, communication issues in the back end being uh, an issue in the second half. Early last year, communications were, were a big issue in the secondary. Is there any overlapping themes to, to maybe why there's some struggles getting on the same page early in the season, and, and what do you need to do to get out of that? Yeah, look, I, I think that uh, some of it is. There is a little communication. I said that there is, but some of it is I'm communicating and you're not listening to me. So there's a little bit of still discipline that we we just gotta we gotta clean up, you know. And and with that, it, guys are getting better, and we were much better this week than we were last week. But man, we still we got work to do, and uh, because you know, doesn't mean. They came out second half and did a good job. Listen, that, that's a that's a team that's capable. It's an NFL team. They they've won some games. They got good players. They got good coaches, and uh, they're going to make some plays. But man, you got to make them go the long, hard way. You can't give up the explosives we gave up just from our, from our own errors, you know. And uh, so, just these little things we got to clean up. You had a lot of juggling along your offensive line, obviously the first two weeks. Just, just how impactful and how important has Hank been to that room? He's been very important. You know, Hank's, Hank's got a good feel of it, um, you know, having played the position but also coached it. And uh, he's got a real good feel of those guys, what they do well, uh, how to develop the talent, uh, you know. And and uh, he just, he's got a real good feel of how to pull it out of them. I mean, that's, that's you know, one of the things that's not always – when you have played um, at this level like he has and played for a long time and and you're not the best athlete like I, I wasn't the best athlete but you got to be you got to understand uh, the technique and uh, you can give guys things that uh, that they need to survive and and that's what Hank's able to do and so it's one thing to do that but man you got to be able to communicate and you got to be able to motivate and push these guys because sometimes man when you're next player the first there's a lot of guys that'll start backing off and taking it easy because you feel a little bad for them because you know what that's like. Man, that's hard, right? It's hard, but you can't do that. You got to continue to push, and he's got a good balance of that. So he's very important to us. Uh, you guys had a few uh, Hutchinson and Kaminsky. I think both got a little bit of medical attention yesterday. No, Hutch finished the game, but just an update. How are those guys? Uh, yeah, we're getting. Uh, um, Kamish, he had a hand, so he's getting checked out right now as we speak. Um, and uh, Hutch should be okay. You know, he just had a little Charlie horse. Um, you know, he'll be tender, but he, he should be fine. Um, Charles, we'll see. Feels feels okay today. Um, who am I missing? 
Did you ask somebody else? Imani, Imani feels better today. We'll see where that's at. Frank feels a little bit better today. We'll see where that's at. And uh, Jonah's, you know, probably relatively the same as he was two days ago. So it's kind of day-to-day now. Winning a game where you were challenged, there's big momentum swings, and you had to answer those in the second half. What's that mean to a team? Yeah, it means a lot. And uh, that that's what I think I mentioned this last night. Uh, Maybe I did, maybe I didn't, but it, it was it wasn't that you knew they were gonna come back and do something. You know, they were gonna be able to do a little bit of something. That's just the nature of this game and the the ebbs and flows of it. And uh and so it wasn't that, it was how we would respond to that. And I felt like we responded well to it. That that's what was good. You know, they climbed back in within almost one really or one and uh and we were able to answer back offensively, you know, and uh and so you know, we, we kept that lead and, and we hung in there and we didn't let it, you know, we didn't, we didn't crumble and uh, we didn't let the stress and, uh, and the pressure, you know, break us. We, we hung in there and we finished the game. So that, that's, what, uh, that's what excites me more than anything about, you know, how it went down yesterday. Are weird ones along the offensive line. A lot of times, guys can play through them with taping them up or glove or whatever. Uh, how, how far away is, is Jonah from being able to to play in a game with what he's dealing with? Justin, it's a good question. Um, it's honestly just kind of take it as it is. I mean, I, we'd like to see where he's at. You know. Wednesday, maybe see how it feels. See if it's something he feels like he can function with. Um, and so we we just. We really won't know until uh, it'll be something where he feels like he can function with it and uh, have success. I just curious, really quickly, your opponent plays tonight. It's not doesn't always work out that way. So I'm just curious, do you, do you approach this tonight differently? Do you watch it as a coaching staff, or do you just wait for the second day of the tape? Yeah, usually I'll watch it tonight. I'm going to watch it live. Um, but most of the time, I, the coaches will be – they'll still be game planning from what they've known from the preseason last week, and they'll probably have it on, you know, in their offices. That's what we always used to do. So they'll be kind of peeking it. And um, and then – but really the deep dive will be, you know, late tonight, early morning when it gets into the system. When that, that game's in, you can really break it down and see it from uh, coach view, not, you know, TV copy. And that was Lions head coach Dan Campbell earlier this afternoon talking about the Lions who put in an impressive four-quarter performance at home. Lions now stand 1-1 one and one on the season. Let's go check in with Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, get his thoughts on the win over UConn. And now the real games begin with Maryland kicking off the Big Ten portion of Michigan's schedule. And Ballas is standing by in the Meyer guest line. Welcome back, Chris. Hey, thanks, Billy. All right, uh, what are things you take from another blowout, 59-zip, which, by the way, at Huge Show on Twitter, the Huge Show on Facebook, Thursday morning, who predicted 59 nothing? Thank you yeah, very much. congratulations. What yeah, it would have been nice if I would have bet that on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. <laughs> and, uh, and what was your Michigan State score? I said 35-28, uh, but I'm, I wasn't far off, even though that score was misleading with how bad Michigan State looked in that first half against Washington. <laughs> Did you pick Washington to win? No, I, I picked Michigan oh. State. Okay. I, I, right. I really right. thought they were getting three points on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, and I thought they would go out there and kind of do what they did last year against Miami, but uh, they were unprepared. They didn't uh, execute. I thought the adjustments. I'll say this about Mel Tucker. Uh, DBs, that's the biggest part of his resume 
and he needs to step up and take control of DBs because they they look like they're going to have the worst pass defense for the second year in a row in college yeah, football. And yeah, and that's something that you'll talk to Jim Camperoni about, but I thought they just got their butts kicked on both sides of the ball. Oh, I give yeah. them credit for not quitting, but in the trenches, uh, speed on the outside, their running game looks pedestrian, they couldn't run the ball. So if they can't run the ball, I think they miss Kenneth Walker quite a bit. So, But you know what? They're going to get up for that Michigan game, and it'll be a war because that is the game they point to. So as from a Michigan uh, standpoint, you know what? You don't take anything for granted. But as far as Michigan goes, Bill, I have no idea. Honestly, I think this is a good football team, and we can see the speed. And listening to to Jim Mora Jr., the coach at UConn talk, he said, you know, I looked down there and he says, I've never experienced that in my career. Or he said he was just that overmatched. And he said, look like 140 Warriors down there. And, and you could tell from the get-go that they were just not going to be in that game. They played hard and they're better coached, for example, than Hawaii. They weren't just there to collect a chicken sandwich, as, as uh, our Doug Skeen would say, my analyst, former Michigan offensive lineman. But they uh, they were just overmatched. So uh, you like this team in a lot of ways. You can see they play well together. There's a lot of team speed. You can see that the receiver position, I'm not sure about the offensive line and pass protection. They just about got Cade McNamara killed again for the second week in a row, which was disappointing. So they've got to shore some things up, especially on the right side of that line. But uh, all things, man, you look at special teams, defense, and offense, this is a good football team and I think certainly deserving of their ranking, but we're about to find out more about them. Chris Bell, so the Wolverines.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us here on the Huge Show across Michigan. So looking at the Big Ten, now that we have some non-conference games, if I was doing my power rankings on the Big Ten, it would probably be it'd be Ohio State, Michigan, 1A, 1B. Penn State would be yep. my third choice, and probably Minnesota as my fourth. I don't think that's yeah. far off, is it? I think it's right on, and I like Minnesota. I think P.J. Flex got a good team. Now they lost their top receiver, which is going to hurt them. But they've got a, a Tanner Morgan, who's, what, 33 years old, a quarterback? 53. Now, and, uh, 53. 53. I, I, I'm celebrating birthday 61 today. He's only eight years younger than me. Is it your birthday, brother? Yeah, it is. Happy birthday to you, You don't man. announce. You, I'll say this, Chris. You're in your 50s. Yeah. When you're in your yeah. 60s, you don't announce birthdays. <laughs> I understand. You don't even in your 50s. So, but that's okay. Hey, you don't look you don't look 61, and you sure as hell don't golf like you're 61. So, uh, happy birthday, man! God, that means but, I got to say something nice about you. No, you don't. Okay, Come all on, right, man. good. That's not a good step. Let's just keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but, uh, the no, big time. Yeah, but he's. Yeah, but Tanner Morgan is, has been there forever, and they've got a great running back in Muhammad Ibrahim. I think that's going to be a great ball game in East Lansing. And Michigan State, uh, you know what? They've got they're going to have a fight. I don't think there's any question about it. You got deep water there in one end zone, and then roll the boat in the other. So you know what's going to give there. But I like I like Minnesota. Wisconsin at Ohio State will be interesting. That should tell us a little bit of something about both teams. I don't think Wisconsin's very good, but you know what? They've laid eggs in the non-conference in the past, and then still been a formidable opponent in the Big Ten. So um, then after that, Purdue's doing Purdue things, right? They should be probably undefeated, and they find ways to give games away at the end. But Penn State surprised me a little, but I think Auburn's terrible too. So we're going to find out more about these teams here in the next couple of weeks. Maryland is has got a good offense. Michigan generally wrecks Maryland, though, when they play them. So I expect, uh, I thought that was actually the opening line there was a little low at 16 or 16 and a half there at DraftKings. And so I'd li- I like Michigan to cover that. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, checking in on the Meyer guest line. Yeah, I don't, I, Maryland went back and forth with, with SMU. I, I don't think they're a gauge. Iowa's defense, uh, the road environment, 
I think that's the first test. But I'm telling you right now, uh, more than Michigan State, who was god-awful against Washington, Penn State may be my biggest concern outside of Ohio State on teams left on their Big Ten portion of their schedule. I agree. I 100%. And you know what? It's Last year they had one of the toughest schedules in the country. This year it's one of the easier ones, especially with the non-conference. So, And I asked Blake Corum, Michigan's running back, straight up, Bill, you know, what do you really know about your team after these three games? He said, I don't I don't have a clue. He said, I think we're good. I think we're really good. We've got great talent, he said, but you know what? We haven't faced any adversity yet. And neither is J.J. McCarthy, and that's going to be interesting. I don't think he's going to face it this week either. Maryland certainly isn't the standard defense. Defensively, but Iowa, you know what? That is a defense that is basically built to make you make mistakes, and that's going to be his first road environment. The kid's obviously an extremely talented quarterback, but had some issues protecting the ball at times in camp. So, you know what? He's going to be facing a big test there. And, and you know what? This is a big deal, too, the Big Ten opener. So, Maryland, it's not like they don't have talent out there. They do. They've got a skilled quarterback, obviously. They've got skilled wide receivers. So, uh, it's going to be fun to watch at least a team with a pulse, Bill, because these last three games have basically put me to sleep. It's always it's fun to, to watch Michigan football and Big Ten football, when, but when those games are over at halftime and you're you're writing your column at halftime, just a little bit less fun. Chris Ballas on the Wolverine Talk. Come make sure you check out Ballas and Skeen on the weekly Michigan football podcast at thewolverine.com. Injury update. I shared your story about Cade McNamara banged up. Beyond Cade, what's the story on injuries going into the Maryland game? Yeah, Donovan Edwards sat out. Michigan's uh, running back last week with, a, I think, a minor sprained ankle, so he should be back and fine. And uh, Carson Barnhart's probably due to return. Trevor Keegan probably could have come back into the game listening to the Michigan uh, the Michigan broadcast team talk. So I think they're going to be okay. Knock on wood, they haven't had any serious season-ending ending injuries. And uh, getting, I think, a kid in Edwards' back who just absolutely terrorized Maryland last year in the passing game is going to be big. You know that they're going to be looking to him again. So uh, McNamara, I think it could be more than a couple of weeks based on some of the things we've heard. And it's a disappointing, man, that those guys up front couldn't block for him the same way they blocked for J.J. McCarthy. Now, McCarthy, you know, is, is a little bit more skilled with his feet and gets away from pressure, Bill. But you got to do a better job uh, up front, especially at right tackle. Trent A. Jones has been struggling there. So they got to figure some things out in these one-on-one matches matchups because, again, Penn State, Michigan State – as we know, has a good pass rush, some good pass rushers. So better do a better job of protecting those guys. Chris, what's your thoughts, your early vibe on the Michigan-Maryland game? I'm thinking Michigan by three TDs, right? Yeah, I think so. I think that sounds about right. Go back and look at the scores in that game. They haven't been close. Uh, you know, coaching matters. And special teams, they always generally have a big special teams play against them, it seems, at least one. So I like Michigan uh, something like 30-something to 17, I yeah. would say. And haven't thought about it as much, but I don't think uh, they're going to have as much of a problem as some people think. But again, when you haven't played anybody, you really still don't know. You know, heading into last weekend, I think Kansas Bill led the nation in scoring offense at fifty-five point five. So, which means absolutely nothing in the second or third week of September. Chris, appreciate the update, my man. We will talk soon. Anytime. Happy birthday, man. Have one for me. All right. Thank you, Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com, joining us on the Meyer guest line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with University of Michigan Athletics. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. 
Get September savings on your favorite automotive products. JB Weld Plastic Bonder is only $7.29, and JB Quick Cold Weld Epoxy is just $5.99. Seal All Contact Adhesive and Sealant is just $3.49. We also stock exciting new products like Nebo's Glow Tumbler Handles with Lights and the Skeeter Hawk Mosquito Carabiner. While supplies last, shop online and save at myautovaluestore.com. Auto Value. Service is the difference. We get it. Huge here for Van Andel Institute Purple Community. Now, they're a grassroots fundraising network powered by the volunteers who support VAI's mission to improve health now and in the future. Learn more at purplecommunity.org. Coming right at you. The excitement you've been waiting for. Eagle Casino and Sports. The mobile casino made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Play slots and table games with live dealers at one exciting site. PlayEagle.com. Sign up today and get a match deposit up to $1,500. That's right, up to $1,500 plus 100 free spins. Eagle Casino and Sports. Go to PlayEagle.com and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Go check in with Graham Couch, opinion maker with the Lansing State Journal, also co-host Couch in the Room podcast, available wherever you download podcasts. He made the trip out west. He's joining us to talk about state and that god-awful first half. Second half, they righted the ship, and I don't know if that was junkyard's junk time or uh, legit, but regardless, it was not an impressive performance by a ranked team against Washington and Seattle. And the key is, where do they go from here? And Graham, what are your feelings post-loss at Wisconsin, or at Washington, excuse me, uh, on where this team is going? It's a good question, because, um, you know, I think the Washington game was a game that we thought was going to answer a lot of questions. Well, it didn't answer many of them in a positive light, so, you know, what does that mean going forward? Are these, I mean, it looks like the secondary is a real issue, and it looks like the offensive line is not um, answering the questions in the way people people hoped. Uh, there were some concerns there and, and uh, certainly warranted, I think, now. And so, you know, on the flip side, you're probably not going to face a lot of uh, situations quite like what you get with Michael Penix and Kalen DeBoer's offense, um, just because it, it, going back to the 2019 game when Michigan State played Indiana in Spartan Stadium, they, they, even then that duo countered everything. MSU did so well. It's, it's, but you are going to face J.J. McCarthy. You are going to face C.J. Stroud. You are going to face teams, veteran quarterbacks, and and um, and and ultimately, you just can't look that lost and and that out of answers. And, and that I think that was what troubled people. Is it wasn't so much um, just that they were. I mean, this is this wasn't Ohio State. They looked overmatched, and they looked like they didn't have an answer to anything that was happening in the game other than the, the, the passing game, which got going a little in the second half. So what, what does it mean going forward? I think it means this week is really, really interesting. How do they bounce back? What do they look like against a, a quality Minnesota team? Yeah, and Minnesota loses their top receiver, uh, Auden. So, you know, P.J. Fleck. Yep. Yeah, well, hey, and, and they're going to already petition for a seventh year. I love that. Yeah. I, I petitioned for seven years at the University of Oklahoma. They said eight was enough, Bill. Uh, you you can't go backwards. 
I'm like, uh, can I get a ninth here? No, we're, you're done. Move on. Uh, you know, I, I look at Tucker and I see his resume, and I commented about this on the huge show Twitter page watching the game. You know, DBs is his forte if you look at DBs and recruiting, which he's done a great job recruiting. But based on how they bounce back, you know, you're looking possibly at back-to-back years, and I know injuries played a part, but you're looking at possibly the worst passing defense in college football, and at what point does Mel take control of that, right? Yeah, and and what I think was concerning, too, for for MSU is that that pass rush, which is so good against, you know, Akron and Western Michigan, was, was non-existent either. Uh, and you got to help them out, and they they did a better job of that last year. I think they they had some timely, timely sacks. But there's no question that, um, you know, and I, I, I thought they'd increase their depth and their talent a little on the back end, and and, and I still do believe they did. And I think that's why it was it was so um, alarming. Now that you know they they have injuries. I think missing Xavier Henderson is is a bit of a problem back there. Um, but that's part of the game. Everybody, you know, you, you've got to recruit a certain depth where your next guy is. Is capable, and um, it, it's you know there's a lot of kind of calls for blood with Scotty Hazelton right now, and I'm I'm curious to see where this staff um, you know is there a reaction there? Mel Tucker said today it wasn't schematic, there wasn't issues there, um, but what they're doing isn't working. There's a way too much space, and you can play bend but don't break if you're really worried about certain things, but you can't bend and break, you know, and that's what they're doing right now. And so, uh, and what's also interesting is sort of the dynamic that's happening right now. Michigan State hasn't had anything go wrong uh, since, you know, the Purdue game last year, or Ohio State game, rather, which was after the Purdue game. You know, since then, it's been the snow win at Penn State. It's been a bowl win. It's been recruiting success. It's been a new contract for Tucker. It's been a lot of love, you know, all this, all this hype and, and, Right now, they're experiencing a little bit of uh, the price of getting paid, so to speak. I mean, the expectations that come with that. And I think what's interesting about that is while people have a sense that, yes, you know, you're, the, the level you're trying to rise to, the Ohio State level, um, is still two, three years away. It's recruiting classes that have to come in. When you're paying, making $95 million and there are members of your staff making double what their counterpart under D'Antonio made. People have expectations of competence, which I think is fair, and, and that did not look like a competent football team last week. So that's an interesting dynamic that, that, that's also taking place. Well, you look at a trip to Washington, which is never easy for any team. Minnesota, arguably fourth best team in the Big Ten behind Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State. Uh this Saturday uh, at Spartan Stadium at 3.30. Then at Maryland, which is never easy on teams. Then Ohio State in East Lansing. Uh, then Wisconsin in East Lansing. Then the bye week and at Michigan. I mean, that is a gauntlet right now. And you talk about how this team responds to adversity, how everything has been like a Spartan championship celebration uh, under Tucker, outside of what you know, at Purdue, uh, at Ohio State, and probably at Washington, three games, the two and zero mark against Michigan. But man, look at that: Minnesota at Maryland, Ohio State in East Lansing, Wisconsin in East Lansing, and at Michigan. And then you're not even to November yet. Yeah, I mean that's why this week's so big because if, if you beat a team that right now, and, and again, Minnesota hasn't played anybody yet, but they've looked good and not playing anybody, and 
to be fair, Michigan State, if they had just not played anybody last week, might have still looked good, and the narrative's different, right? So you have to wait and see. But, yeah, I think it's a decent Minnesota team, a team that has a chance in the West. And if you go out and you win that game and you look okay, I think it quells a lot because you're 1-0 in the Big Ten. It's a bad trip out West, but you responded well. And now the schedule, even though it's it's daunting, seems like, well, you're, you got a little bit of a leg up. But if you lose that game and you're 0-1, and it feels like the wheels are coming off a little bit. And Maryland's not a gimme. They usually crash and burn at some point, but it's not always this early in the season. And then you got Ohio State, then you got Wisconsin. And, and again, it, a lot of these games are uh, not Ohio State, but a lot of the games coming up are games that could go either way. And if it feels like they're going to go the wrong way, I mean, this could, could quickly become a, um, a season that, that's, that's, that's forgettable. And then you wonder if there's lingering effects on that, like, if you, if you lose momentum and steam, does it affect recruiting? Uh, so yeah, I mean, I think I think this is a an important week uh, and an important response. Well, the woodshed's going to need to be rocking because uh, three of the next four are in East Lansing, and man, that's a attractive season ticket holder or student season ticket holder schedule. Minnesota, PJ Fleck, then the Buckeyes, and then Wisconsin, and then at Michigan on October 29th, Graham Couch. Winner of five straight Lansing State Journal Grammy Awards as the best <laughs> columnist. <laughs> he just gives he gives awards to himself. I, I find it self-serving. I really do hate people who are about nicknames and self-serving. By the way, Graham, thanks for stopping by the huge show. Appreciate it, my man, okay? Anytime. Look forward to it. All right. He didn't get my little, like, self-serving nicknames huge show. But he's a good man, Graham Couch, Couch in the Roo podcast and also opinion maker with the Lansing State Journal. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Football fans can turn a loss into a win with the king of sportsbooks. Hi, this is Matt Shepard. Just place a single first touchdown score or prop bet on any pro football game. If your bet loses, you'll receive up to $25 back in free bets. This offer is available all season long. Wager confidently and take your game to the next level with BetMGM. Just log on to your account or download the BetMGM app today and sign up. Then wager on any player to score the first touchdown in any pro football game. And if your bet misses you're still going to get $25 back in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Michigan only. New and exciting customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help. Excludes Michigan disassociated persons. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Joining us here on the Meyer Guest Line, Clayton Safey from TheWolverine.com. I want to get his thoughts on the Wolverines' 59 nothing win over UConn last Saturday at the Big House, and also they open up Big Ten play uh, this weekend against Maryland. So Clayton, uh, 59 nothing game. What did you see in that game that can help Michigan beat Maryland? Yeah, I mean, there was quite a bit. It looked like a well-oiled machine uh, once again. I mean, you know, Michigan rolled, obviously, terrible competition. I mean, UConn, I thought maybe they'd be the best out of those three. Colorado State and Hawaii, they didn't exactly look like it. I know the running back went down with an injury, Nathan Carter. 
early in the game. And, you know, obviously things just kind of didn't go their way with the punt block and get a punt return touchdown. Things kind of snowballed. But uh, J.J. McCarthy looked really good again at quarterback. And, you know, I thought the biggest thing for me when it came to him was just his progressions and how he was looked really comfortable back there in the pocket, uh, you know, didn't always lock in on one guy, you know, was willing to go through his reads. And, you know, UConn was really playing back, uh, cover four, cover two a lot of the time. And J.J. McCarthy took what the defense gave him. He has the big arm. And, you know, there have been times where Jim Harbaugh said, yeah, he likes to make the big play too much. But that wasn't the case on Saturday. J.J., uh, you know, didn't have a pass that traveled over 20 yards in the air. He threw underneath a lot and set his receivers up for yards after the catch. Michigan had over 150 yards after the catch. So um, I thought that looked really good. And I thought the pass protection – was disappointing when Cade McNamara came in once again and got him hurt, which is a huge concern now, the backup quarterback spot. Um, but defensively, uh, you know, was was a pretty darn good showing, 110 yards allowed. The first team defense still hasn't allowed any points. Uh, still want to see the pass rush against better teams, but we can't really do that until uh, they play better teams. And Maryland is uh, at least quite a bit better than these other two, so or these other three opponents. So it'll be interesting to see how everything kind of shakes out this weekend. What's the latest on McNamara and the injury? Yeah, well, Harbaugh said after the game probably a few weeks, um, and then he did not really give an update today. Uh, he said nothing has really changed, and uh, McNamara was spotted with a brace on his right leg after the game. Uh, also looks like he might have gotten hurt a little bit in the upper body as well, so I, I would keep an eye on uh, you know his status. It seems like it'll be mums the word, but I would assume um, – you know, because he kind of hit, got hit in the knee as well. I would assume a few weeks here, and that probably puts you at, a, you know, in a position where you don't have a backup that has game experience at Michigan going into that Iowa game. And we can all laugh all we want about Iowa's offense, and I have partaken in that as well. But that's still a really good defense, and that's going to be a tough environment to play in. So it's something to watch. You, you want to have, you know, the whole good thing about this quarterback competition this season has been that you have two good options. Well, now you're down to one, at least for the time being. So important for JJ McCarthy to stay healthy, you know, continue to play well so they don't have to, you know, you know, see what that, what the issue is there with, without having two good quarterbacks right now. Looking at the big 10, uh, I mentioned this to Ballas that it's Michigan, Ohio state, one, a one B, Penn State, third-best team. Minnesota, fourth-best team. Who would be on the other side of the most disappointing teams in the Big Ten through non-conference play? And I know some have played some conference games, but I'm talking about uh, three games in for the majority of the conference. Yeah, oh, you got quite a, quite a few teams to pick from. I, I would say probably Iowa or Wisconsin. Um, and obviously Nebraska, I mean, is a, just a huge disappointment. I don't think anyone... Well, some people, including Kirk Herbstreit, had them actually winning the West. But I don't think it's surprising they're not good. I think it's just surprising how quickly things have kind of turned to this, where they're firing coaches left and right, including Scott Frost last week. But I would say probably Wisconsin or Iowa, just the way that Iowa offense was so bad last season, they were still able to win the West in spite of it with a great defense. And now the offense has taken even a bigger step back despite having the same quarterback there. Um, So it's just – you know, things have not kind of gone their way so far, but would it shock me if they upset a team or two uh, down the stretch? No. And the same things with Wisconsin. I mean, they lost to Washington State. Their offense doesn't look very good. But at the same time, we've seen them. They lost to BYU a few years ago when they won the West, I believe. Uh, they have won their side of the conference 
you know, even though they've lost early season games in the past. So I would keep an eye on them getting better throughout the season. It seems like they always do. But I would say it's those two teams because I believe Wisconsin was the favorite in the West coming in. Uh, we talked, remember, back in uh, back at Tullymore in our, uh, you know, your summit, talking about the surprise team in the Big Ten, and I picked Minnesota. I think we all kind of agreed that they could surprise some people this year, and now look at how far they've come and how good they look. So I think it's probably going to be them coming out of that side of the division. Will be interesting, uh, the Big Ten race. Ohio State, I I like how they took it easy on an in-state school. <laughs> they weren't just, I thought they were going for a hundy uh, against Toledo. Yeah. Man, that was uh, that was unbelievable. They do have an offense. I'm not sold on their defense. I'm not. I you know Michigan with McCarthy and let's assume everybody's healthy and fast forward to Michigan at Ohio State to end the season. That game literally could be like 57-52. <laughs> it could be. I mean, we'll see what Michigan's defense is. But even if it's a good defense, I mean, you could still allow 52 or 55, depending on what side of that game they would be on. Um, you know, just because of how good Ohio State is offensively, and I think they're only going to continue to get better and more comfortable with some of those new receivers after losing Wilson and Olave to the draft uh, from last season. Um, I think you're right. I mean, it could be a shootout. Michigan's offense, I mean, the, the words that you know keep coming out of the mouths of the Michigan players that we talk to is the sky's the limit right now. The potential is very, very high for what this offense can become. I'm pumping the brakes a little bit for the time being, you know, just because they haven't played anyone yet because JJ McCarthy hasn't faced adversity as a starting quarterback yet. But um, we've seen the talent when he connects on some of those deep balls or when, you know, when he gets loose in the run game or when he, you know, zips one to the sideline that just a lot of other quarterbacks in college can't make. Uh, it's, it's scary to think about with the weapons they have on offense and the offensive line really they have as well. Uh, how much this thing could come together. We we need to see it, but uh, it could come in time, and that would make for a really exciting showdown at the end of the season, assuming both of those teams, you know, stay undefeated, uh, which isn't, you know, we can't really assume that yet, but I would probably predict it at this point. Michigan with Maryland at noon on Saturday at the Big House, then at Iowa for a noon game on October 1st, at Indiana Another noon game on October 8th, and then that Penn State-Michigan October 15th uh, matchup uh, is going to be interesting. And Penn State, uh, they're playing as good as anybody. Hammered Auburn in Auburn. I know Auburn isn't an Iron Bowl contender, but uh, Penn State's done well on the road, and that's usually a pretty good sign for a college football team. So, And then Michigan State after the bye week and at Rutgers, Nebraska at home. Illinois at home, and then at Ohio State. You know, their schedule based on how the Big Ten is weakened, I'm not going to forecast anything. It was already favorable, but it doesn't look as difficult as it did a couple of weeks ago. No, I think namely because they don't play Minnesota, right? Um, Illinois actually is, is a team that I wouldn't sleep on entirely. Um, as crazy as that is to say with how bad they've been the last few years, but I actually like what Brett Bielema's doing there. And if you look at some of the stats, and if you watch them play, they can run the ball and they can stop the run. And that's a good start in the Big Ten West, considering who they have to go against. Um, so I wouldn't sleep on Illinois, and that being kind of a frisky team that could come up here on senior day and you know give Michigan a fight at least for a couple quarters or three or whatever it would be. Um, so, But you're right. I mean, the fact that they don't play Minnesota is huge. Your crossover games are Illinois and Nebraska. Um, you get Nebraska at home. I mean, they're not going to be playing for much. 
we'll see what their situation is in November. So um, I think you're right. I think the schedule sets up pretty nicely at the same time. As you said, Penn State's playing great ball. Uh, that game's at the big house, but it'll still be a challenge. Michigan State always uh, will bring it for that Michigan game, and I think they've got a pretty good team despite what happened on Saturday. And, uh, and you know, Michigan's got to get through all those teams. Under Jim Harbaugh, they have not gone into the Ohio State game undefeated yet. So it would be quite a feat, uh, even with, you know, kind of getting some luck here uh, with the luck of the draw and, and how the crossover games have played. It would still be a pretty big feat for them to go into that game unscathed. Yeah, State uh, didn't bring it all the way to Seattle. We heard that their game plan fell out of the team plane somewhere over the Rockies, uh, and they were just embarrassed. That was as ugly as I've seen Michigan State play uh, those first two quarters. We'll see how they bounce back. It was a gauge game, and I didn't like what I saw at all. Uh, They did have some junk time. I don't know if that's just Washington backing off or – they found something. We'll see as the schedule moves on. Clayton Safey from the Wolverine.com joining us. You can follow everything University of Michigan football and athletics at the Wolverine.com. Clayton, appreciate the update. We'll talk later in the week, and I'll get your prediction on the Maryland game at the Big House. Looking forward to it. Thanks. All right, Clayton Safey joining us on the Meyer Guest Line. And Meyer, proud to be longtime partners with the University of Michigan athletics. Big. Bad. Huge.